This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 387 of She Podcasts, the podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Kupferman, and and I am having trouble speaking today. But with me, as always, the dressing like a (laughs) 25-year-old, Elsie Escobar. Hello, Elsie. Hello there, Jessica. I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. Well, because we did not record last week because it was somebody's birthday. I should have recorded that day because I literally did not do anything else and it would have been the highlight of my day. So I'm sorry that I didn't record you. And also I've missed you. And also I feel sad because this week, if you're listening on the day that we come out in audio is PodFest in Orlando and you will not be there. And I'm very sad because we always have a good time in Orlando together. You are correct. I was like going, what? You're right. You're going to PodFest. Oh, what my gosh. Podfest well, Wednesday I mean, I guess without PodFest you. is it's happening right now. So if you're listening, it's hey. happening right now. If you're watching, it doesn't happen until Wednesday. OK. But yeah, I fucked with my hair too much. And now it's fucking too frizzy. All right. I hope that you have a great time. And thank you. Um, I'm going to miss you a lot. Like, I'm sad. I'm really mm. sad you're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like when you don't go to the things that I go to. And I've told you it's because people always want to see you and not me. <laughs> and that they always are like, where the fuck's Elsie? But also, I want to see you and not me. I uh-huh. want to see you. I don't ever get to see you. You Yes. I know. <sighs> and I like you're always at the booth. And then I have to get to like touch base with you. And like, I like all that. I don't it's like fun. My favorite there. part when we go to conferences together is number one, having a meal, some kind of meal, and then me bitching about the fact that I don't want anybody else in the meal. That's my favorite thing. The second favorite thing of mine is me coming to see you at, in your hotel room, because that's yes. always so fun, because I always get to see all the things and we always mm-hmm. end up laughing over something. And the funniest part is that I usually, there's never, I think we've, I've only done it one time when I've come to your hotel and hung out. Usually, I'm like a whirlwind of like, I'm like, I'm here. And then we talk gotta and go. talk and talk yeah. and talk and I got to go. And then I. Well, because usually you got to go to Whole Foods. But yeah, you. First of all, I'm always there first. You're, I'm yes. always waiting for you. And then you come in sometimes even with your luggage still, which I guess works yes, out if your room true. isn't ready. And then. um, Yeah. And then sometimes you, you stay for like a half hour and then you have to run somewhere or we go somewhere together or I come and get you after you've unpacked and. Yeah, I like our little traditions of having a meal. Although last time we didn't, you had a meal with Sarah. We had a meal. We spent Uh an awful lot of... That's when you gave me COVID. It was during that meal, probably. What meal was that? When we were at the restaurant and we spent so much time at that restaurant. We stayed there for hours. That one restaurant. There was not many at that hotel. I don't remember which It, It was a podfest, dude. We were having... What did we... What did you have? What did I have to eat? We awful. Oh, we had those really fun drinks, though. It was like That's I was every having like conference. bourbon kind of drinks. every conference. I don't know. I truly don't know. It sounds like every dinner we've ever had. Don't you remember we were like leaving and we saw somebody 
we wanted to hide from and I don't remember who it was and we were le- we were like leaving and we're like oh my god and then I yes we, we literally won but I don't do say don't say whose name it was because I actually don't remember who it was but that's because we were there so long I think this was two podfests ago. No, like, dude, right it was this last podfest. It's when it's when we had the Libsyn dinner at the same exact. It's when we had. It's when I got COVID. <sighs> you got COVID just from hanging out with me the whole time. I was sick when yeah. I got there. I'm sorry to say I didn't know it was COVID because yeah. I I took a test and I was negative before I left. So I thought, oh, I'm going to get better any day now because it's probably just a little cold. And it did not yeah. get better. It got worse. Yeah, and it was. And COVID. so, yeah. who knew? So I think that that dinner was. It, it was either that or recording. But anyway, yeah. regardless, have fun. So that's so, so that's a 12 minute introduction. You're welcome. Yes. You're and welcome. Um, thank you, Melissa, for sticking around. And because <laughs> everybody else has fucking gone away. Yes, they have. No worries. We have so much cool shit to talk about today, though. So y'all yes, are going to be missing do. out. Here we go. Yeah, I didn't record last week because it was my birthday. I didn't really do anything else. And yesterday was Emily's birthday. And she would have been 26. I thought 25 all year. She's going to be turning 25. And she already did. So I guess as children like, get older, you just forget how fucking old they are. Yes, because you do forget. I think that, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure Nate's 24 still, though. <laughs> Gotta think oh about God, it now. God. Okay, so this is, so he was born 98. This is a 20, this is a three, which means, yeah, he'll be turning 25 this summer. He's right behind her. Anyway, okay. Yes, let's talk about some news. And I think we should cover what we just decided we could read. Okay, all right. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Usually, it takes us a little bit to cover some of these news because they are, you know, it takes a week. We are recording through the week. And then a lot of the time we do the chit chat thing. And sometimes we just never get to the news. But alas. No, but this time we're getting to all the news. We're going to hope to do it. So this is an article that was just published on Variety. So this is Variety, the magazine, variety.com. And the title of this is called Podcast Exclusivity is Quickly Becoming an Outdated strategy this is per tyler aquilina or if you want to say it aquilina that's also another way i guess i don't know how he likes to be have his name said yeah okay i'm gonna not subsidize summarize the article couldn't think of the word what's wrong with me um okay (laughs) okay so this article is in Variety. We will give you the link in our show notes. Um, it says if it's too early to declare platform exclusive podcast heels dead as we move into 2023, it's becoming ever clearer. This business model is not likely long for this world. Hmm, I wonder why. Maybe it's because <laughs> some, they took something that was free and made people pay for it and we don't want to do that. Meh. Okay. The tide is turning as we enter what many observers project to be a difficult year for the podcasting industry. Have you heard that already, Elsie? I'm assuming Mm -hmm. you have. But if you're listening and you haven't heard that, start looking that shit up because it's crazy. As in the streaming video space, the major audio players are reporting reigning in their spending amid economic pressures, bringing the booming market of the last several years towards a close. Most popular podcasts claimed a sizable chunk of the ad dollars. And so creators will have to maximize ad revenue as much as possible. Limiting their audience through paywall is not their best plan. 
So, and then also I wanted to point out that this last fall, Spotify canceled 11 of its original podcasts from Gimlet and Parcast, which, by the way, they paid $250 million to acquire in 2019, and they laid off employees from both divisions. A statement from them, uh, from Gimlet and Parcast, said that the exclusive caused a steep drop in listeners, as high as three quarters of the audience for some shows. Now, the biggest performers are not immune to this either rogan's impact diminished after his podcast became an exclusive before he would gain four thousand twitter followers in a week but that dropped to around two thousand after he got exclusive i mean it's so cute that they thought this would be a good idea (sighs) but it's not because the only person i've ever seen it be a good idea for there's one person that went paywall and it didn't affect him i actually don't know the study and the deets as to whether or not it did affect him. But I'm going to go ahead and say it because it's my favorite person to talk about that you hate. Oh, no. Howard Stern. Oh. Howard Stern went from like regular radio to Sirius XM. And that's a big paywall. That shit's not cheap. Like Sirius XM is very expensive. For one car, I think it's like 60. All right. It's not that expensive. It's like 60 bucks a year. Do we have the data? But yeah, I don't know about the data on that. We though. don't have the I'm data, not- but I can tell you that it doesn't seem like this was 15 years ago at least. And he has renewed his contract like three times. It's only gro- I don't know about the audience growing, but Sirius keeps growing. He's the right. main channel. He's channel 100. So like. Whether or not his show is growing doesn't matter. It's obviously working for them and successful. But Joe Rogan's not Howard Stern for the love of all that is holy. Howard Stern has been on the air since I was a teenager. 30 years. A man's like 67, 68, maybe even 70. I don't remember. This is true. But then also that that's what he's bringing to the table, though. He's bringing that longevity. He's bringing that yes, like audience. generational. It's the generations. I yes. think, though, I challenge the assumption that this is going to continue to work because what's happening is there's for folks that for started anyone. for for Howard oh. because there are folks that started to listen to Howard when they were teenagers like me and they are going to be aging out. And I I don't have the data. We're not. Aging but I out. venture it's to say. Relevant. I'm just guessing now that the demographics of his listener base are no longer those teenagers. I think that those that Gen Z is probably not listening to Stern. So his people I mean, are going to age out. That's probably true. I will give you They're that. But those out. of us, but wait, but those of us who were teenagers aren't anymore. And in those 30 years, he's gotten divorced. He's gotten remarried. He's gone to through extensive therapy. And like, it's been, it's actually been quite a phenomenon to hear him become a little more self-realized and a little less of a D-bag. Now, when he has guests on that are younger, he kind of counsels them and asks if they go to therapy and tell them, you know, like what he's learned in therapy. And it's actually... I'm telling you, I still will stand by this. As long as we are on the air, he is the best interviewer by far that I know of. And that includes Oprah. Although Oprah's pretty damn good. Well, what I'm telling you, though, Jess, is that whatever longevity he has is not like it's not going to continue because, like I said, he is really aligning with the older audience. He's not going backwards. You know what I mean? But how long was Johnny Carson on the air? It'll be like that, right? Like 40 years or something. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't have much left in him, but that's not the point. The point is that we're talking about subscription-based service, yes. and it didn't affect him as badly as it did these podcasts. And again, it's because podcasts, the people who listen to podcasts love them because it's free, because it's an unending, never-ending supply of free information, entertainment, education, 
interviews. Why do we want to pay even $15 a month to hear Joe Rogan like when you can just hear 15 of his clones for free somewhere? Well, you can. You can listen to Rogan. You just have to do it through Spotify. I mean, I love Spotify, so it doesn't hurt me, but I can see why it would hurt them because I know a lot of people, yourself included, that hate paying for Spotify. Yeah, I don't pay for Spotify, but I I do listen to exclusives from Spotify. I love Call Her Daddy. I don't ever miss an episode. Wait, so they're free. You just have to listen on Spotify? Yeah, I just, but the thing, but here's the thing. That doesn't make sense. So if it's free, why is there a paywall? This is why I listen on Spotify is because Alex does a fantastic video podcast. Sadly, it's not going anywhere else, meaning she just interviewed so many wonderful people on the show. But I always put it on like I always have it in the morning. It's my one of my rituals whenever it comes out in the morning. I just put my little iPad up and I watch I watch her podcast. It's like one of the only podcasts that I watch like that. And I'm out and I'm literally not even on Spotify. That said, though, I actually talked about um, we're going to kind of uh, we should finish the discussion. But I'm just going to say in terms of consumption, in terms of consumption for me, the fact that I'm not on Spotify at all, only for Alex Cooper's show. That's it. But the only reason I know there's a new episode is if I happen to open up Instagram and she's promoting it and then I go, oh, a new episode's out. So I'm not in the podcast app. Uh I am reminded to go consume the podcast when I'm on Instagram. That's the only way. Okay. That's yeah. That's it. That's like, I don't do anything else. I don't. And I, and I do follow her on Instagram, but that's the only way I do it. So I, I just had a conversation with myself and included everybody else in my other show, the feed talking about how people's attention spans in this regard are so much, so scattered now. And we can no longer, even if now, as we're talking with each other, I could say, Hey, Jess, or, or we can tell our people, give us feedback about XYZ, which we do a lot. Back in the day, mm-hmm. it was the easiest thing to do to say that and get feedback back. Like it was really, you think it's I harder now? It, you do it. Oh, yeah. Because even in the middle of going, like, oh, I have to send an email to Elsie and Jess, in the process of doing that, there's a notification that's going to come in. Somebody's going to talk with you. You're going to end up on Facebook and you're going to be like, why am I here? Oh, wait, I have to respond to my mom because she asked whatever. You're going to be down a rabbit hole and you're going to be forgotten. So social media, I don't think serves necessarily to build audience sometimes in terms of like hardcore listeners, but it does work to remind your people to do things. Yeah, it does. You know? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, yeah, the point of this article wasn't really to necessarily cover this issue as much as it was to just say that once again, we predicted it and we were right. That's basically what we wanted to say. Um, So we've said it. (laughs) I told Jessica that we need to have a keynote that is all about this because we can go on stage and then have all of our predictions because we have receipts, everybody. We have ourselves talking about it. Mm -hmm. And if people would have just listened to us, they would have saved themselves millions of dollars. Then who can imagine what the industry would look like if someone would have just listened to us? That was important. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, I know, seriously. No, what would have happened though? We are the most underpaid future tellers in podcasting. That's Correct. all I know. Yeah. You want to find out if something's a good idea? Just ask us. We'll tell you, which we did five and 10 years ago. 
I kind of like that, actually. Yeah, so that's our keynote. We're going to talk about what we're going to do is just have a slide and point to issue when we talked about it, when they reported our opinion. Issue when we <laughs> talked about it, when they reported our opinion. Because they like this is 2023. I mean, we yeah. have been saying no paywall since at least 2017. At least yeah. six at years. Least. We have to look back. We have again. We have receipts. Anyway, all that to say, the fact that there's many of us that would have changed. It doesn't matter because babies have to learn their lessons. They need what's called natural consequences, Elsie. Okay, <laughs> this these were millions of dollars of consequences, though. I know I mean. it's such a waste, and I feel and actually I feel quite badly for Gimlet, which was like self started, and you know he probably saw that enormous payday when Spotify paid twenty two hundred fifty million dollars for well, them, and now that. And now they're being canceled and laid off. Like, that's horrible. I get it. And I think that there's something to be said about that, Jess, too, because we did cover, you know, when Gimlet started to come coming through and start up and how exciting it was at that time to do all those things. And here's how the way. And then I think that I've said this over and over again, not only on this podcast, but in my other show as well, and as well as Rob, where it's like, if somebody would have come to us with millions of dollars, I think we said this or I know I know I did. I would have said, let's do it. Let's do it. Give me the money. Give me the money. Give me the money. But I would not have given up She Podcast by itself. You know what I mean? I would have rather have started a new new show. show. Yeah. And started a new show. Done That's the thing. not the product. The product is the show that's currently doing well. That's why they wouldn't have done that the way you did. Correct. But then at the same time, here's the other thing, though. I, okay, let's say they would have come to us two, three years ago and said, let's go on the low end. Let's go on the low end. Let's, let's say we got 5 million, right? That's not too bad. Or even like three, 3 million for our show. Would you have been sad if we lost the show? Like, let's say they stopped producing it and we weren't have, and we weren't going to be doing it. Kind of, anyway. but yeah. I mean, only because we, yes, because. I wouldn't I mean, have. I'd have been like, eh, let's let's do the LC and Jesso. So you know what I mean? Like I would not have I mean, but there's so I don't care. History. I wouldn't have cared. I had three Shut million. Your, but we don't know then we Okay. You have three million, but not your logo, not your website, not the name of your show, not the name of your community that you built yourself by yourself. Well, excuse me. I would have been like, no, I. She just washed her hands of it, ladies and gentlemen. There's all, there's all the things that I, I could see have how done. Important it is. Like it would have been so great to just move forward. I mean, yeah, that's the other question: is that are the Gimlet people like laughing all the way to the bank? I know this is what I'm saying. Pissed? We are thinking think oh, of that. They have two hundred fifty million dollars. You're right. And so, and here's the thing, this is what makes me sad though. Like the sadness or the, like my heart goes to the folks who are working. These, there's a lot of people who were employed. There's a lot of people who didn't have that payout. So in that respect, it sucks. Absolutely. No, regardless of, of what it is. But if I would have gotten that upfront payment for me to be here, or at least guaranteed X, right? Guaranteed whatevs. Yeah. I would have been able to go forward I wouldn't feel as afraid of losing something because we were not in a position where we were going to make that amount of income during that amount of time. Right. Yes. So given like something like Rogan, the potential for him to make 
that money, he, he might have undercut it himself because he got the payout out front, I think. I mean, I actually don't know how much money he got out front. I don't know. So I don't know how, how much money he yeah, actually at least got. Half. Yeah, who knows? Right? And so I would have to lay it out in being able to build. Like if I would have been Rogan from the get-go and like he had made this des- this decision, whatever money I would have gotten would have immediately been invested in creating my own infrastructure to keep going if something funky happened. So the minute Spotify's like, we're done here or it's not going to happen anymore. I would have been like, okay, bye. And like, just switch things over this way and be all set up. Like that's how I would have played it. I would not have said like, I'm going to build it on this platform. So even like with uh, Alexandra Cooper, I think she's doing a great job doing so many things. Mind you, Spotify is really behind her and really pushing for her. But at the same time, I would go all in if I was Alex to start to build an infrastructure around her community. She is putting some like um, swag out that she's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Merch, um, merch, 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 putting out there live events, like something that she can have had investments in or even just transitioning into TV. She's doing such like a show for Netflix. The Call Her Daddy show for Netflix, that would be a great. She does. She's she's awesome on camera. She's a great interviewer. So that's what I would do with her. I kind of want to talk about Twitter now. Can we do it? Let's do let's talk Twitter. Okay. Next in the news, Twitter has officially banned third party clients with new developer rules. Also on the verge by Alex Castro. Almost a week after it blocked third party access to the Twitter's platform and offered no explanation as to what was going on. The new rules state you cannot use their API to create or attempt to create a substitute or similar service to the Twitter applications. I mean, l- let me just, in case you're not up to the, and, and if you're not up to it, then I can't believe it. But do you have any idea how many third-party apps there are for Twitter? I don't even know. But I know that on my phone alone, and I don't even use Twitter, there are at least three that are installed that I never touch. Twitterific, Tweetbot. I get their point. Like, don't create any Twitter copies. But who's to say what that is? Is Twitterific? It is a Twitter copy because it's Twitter, but just a better way of... Like organizing Twitter. Like, I don't know what they're thinking about. I just love watching Elon just run this shit to the ground. Maybe he's doing it because he's still salty at the CEO. Maybe he just bought it so that he could run it into the ground because he's a billionaire and he's got it like that. I can't imagine why else is happening. It's just this was really bad because Tweetbot and Twitterific have been around since I started on Twitter. Like they were literally the first exactly. things that I downloaded. Like the twi- Twitter didn't even have an app. 15 years, you guys, of using apps for Twitter because they yes. didn't even have an app. 15 years. Oh, they yes. say 16. Co-founder of Twitter Riffic says, we have been respectful of their API rules for 16 years. We have no knowledge these rules have changed recently or what they might be. Meanwhile, that shit broke last week. Tweetbot and Twitter Riffic broke last week. And there's no real official announcement. Twitter has been struggling financially since Musk took over, saddling it with billions in debt and third-party clients likely earn it less money than its first-party one. While some developers pay access to the API, company doesn't serve ads, reducing its ability to monetize people using alternative apps. Listen, I get why business-wise, 
I get why business-wise this happened. It makes sense for business because it does mean exactly that. There's, they're trying to make money off of advertising. Advertisers are not being able to, uh, they're not wanting to. And the fact that when somebody's consuming Twitter content on third-party apps, they don't get all the stuff. Like they don't get ads on that. No, That's why people right. use it. Right. And right. so <laughs> I get that. So yeah. I would have shut it down. But the whole point is like, it's really hard. So one of the guys from um, Craig Hockenberry, who is the principal at I can, I can Factory, who is one of the you know developers for these apps said, quote, there was no advance notice for its creators. Customers just got a weird error and no one is explaining what's going on. We had no chance so to bad. thank customers who have been with us for over a decade. Instead, it's just another scene in their ongoing shit show. And ah, quote, ah, ah, I mean, hey. Oh, that's a shame. But it is a shit show. And it's very, and it's drama. God, I love drama when it doesn't involve me so much. It is so bad. But see, like they were around because they were better than Twitter, says John Jamingo. Could it be that Twitter now wants to protect its brand? Hell no, John. I don't think that that's the case. I, mean, I think maybe, what they're doing. But- no, I think that they just want the advertising money. They want to stop the leaks. I mean, maybe, but they could have done this so much smarter, like a warning or a letter or even like a, you know, maybe don't lay off half your staff. So maybe they laid off one of the people that would have made that announcement to their third party apps. Who knows? But it doesn't. It's still, though, it was just uncalled for that. It just stopped. So that is messed, super messed up. And the other thing is that in terms of culture, Twitter didn't even call tweets tweets. These Third-party apps created the cultural jargon mm-hmm. about the usage of Twitter. They call them tweets. This other article that you pulled, yeah, it says Twitterific, one of the most iconic third-party clients, t- said today that it has removed the iOS and Mac apps from the App Store. Icon Factory, the company that made Twitterific, said in a blog post that under Elon's management, the social media network has become a Twitter we no longer recognize as trustworthy, nor do we want to work with any longer. This app, Twitterific, it says has a rich association with Twitter. It was one of the first mobile and desktop clients for the platform, and it helped form the word tweet. In fact, Twitterific was built in 2007, even before Twitter made its own iOS app, which is what you just said. Mm -hmm. I'm now repeating you. That's it. That's all I want. I just cannot believe... God, they're dumb. All right. I, that's yeah. just, that's a shame. I mean, it's a shame, but it's interesting news. What do you want to talk about? Because we're like, you're like taking my lead today. So we- yeah, I am. I think that. Hold on. Now, John's saying we hate Twitter. I don't hate Twitter. I did. I mean, yeah, I kind of don't like it. But like, there was a time when I used it exclusively. Like, I mean, it was 15 years ago, but it's not whatever. I Elsie likes Twitter. I don't. I have stayed away from it because it's now no longer what it was. So, but, but I just found something there is about, so I'm not engaging with it as much as I, cause I did, I did, I, I very much enjoyed my experience of Twitter. I've been on Twitter the longest out of the, I've been the longest out of any social. Like I started a Twitter account before I started a Facebook account. Well, I guess my space might've been the first, I actually don't remember. So I've been on Twitter for so long. It made me so many good friends and it's just Same. changed so much though like because I have to be on Twitter every day so I'm in it but not as me and so I've seen a huge transition from the daily use and on my own personal feed I'm just like 
what happened? I can't, it is completely different. That said though, this morning I opened up Twitter and there was a Twitter thread about building community from a company that I've never heard of before. And I found five separate resources that I had never heard of that are amazing. And then I immediately signed up for two newsletters that I've... Really? Yeah, it was so... Wow. Where else would I find this is what I'm saying. So in that respect, like the the weird, like I just opened up Twitter and I saw this tweet with all of this information that I needed to know right now, essentially, like stuff that I'm really interested about. I don't know how I would have found that anywhere else. And so it made me think I'm like, it's so valuable in so many different ways. Why did he have to completely murder it? Yeah. You know, it's just, oh, it makes me so I sad. Know. It is really sad, only because it's been a cultural phenomenon for so long. But I'm also kind of glad because, yeah, I don't enjoy my time there. I feel like I enjoy reading other people's tweets, but I don't I don't feel like I have anything good to say on Twitter myself. Yeah. I mean, that said, though, every time I go on there, I find new stuff to learn about chat GP, uh, chat GBT. So oh. I'm enjoying listening to other stuff. Let's see. Look at this. Anna says, I totally agree. Initially, I was like, I don't want to support this Twitter mess. But then the same thing happened to me. I found awesome creators and resources. I know it's so crazy. And that's why I was this is so I'm going to share right now, guys, we're going to do a little quick transition into some tool tips. Elsie's tool tips. This tool tip, I have not vetted. I have not worked on at all. Like, so I don't know anything other than the fact that when I saw this again on Twitter, I was like, this is so cool. So Jess, check this out. This Threado. is Threado, Threado, T-H-R-E-A-D-O.com. Thread? It is the com- it's a command oh. center for community builders. You get all kinds of things that I don't even understand. Look at this. Nurturing champions, driving engagement, providing support. You can personalize interactions. It actually, you can automate workflows in all kinds of different platforms, such as Slack, Discord, Twitter stuff, GitHub, and like all of this stuff, effortless integration. You can get insights into all of these communities. And then I started looking at, look at this stuff though. This So this is being used by so many different people that are running communities. Their pricing is very intriguing too. They have a basic, which is like zero forever free and you get like analytics stuff. Like, so I'm really curious about what the heck this is. And you can, obviously you can run all this stuff here and they look at the resources, Jessica. They have recent, they have case studies, they have blogs, they have newsletters, monthly wow. drops, community job boards. And this is all focusing on I'm building communities and thriving communities and it's a growth engine. And and the reason that I really loved this tool, I was just like, it opened me up to understanding that the community space is so much bigger than Facebook groups. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah, there yeah, is it is. There's such depth to building community, to to understanding what that is, because everybody wants ROI. Everybody wants to know how to make money from them. Everybody wants to know how to get people engaged. And there are actual, I mean, I didn't even know there was an, a SaaS company that was created to just give you insight 
into the ROI of a community so that you can find out stuff, right? Because Facebook groups obviously has some of that. Some third party clients work with Facebook to provide that for you. But how cool is it that you buy, you get this thing and then you can do the same thing with Slack communities and Discord communities and communities that are outside of the norm for you to be able to do this. So yeah. All of, and mind you, I had never, I didn't even know that was a thing. I so know. me opening Twitter introduced me to this interesting platform. So such good stuff. I love it. Crazy. I love it. I love it. It's so crazy. I'm excited. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to sign up for it because it's free. Because it's free and I don't even know what it is. But and anyway. we don't know what it does. So I'm going to let you know. Exactly. Thank you so much. Now. You're so welcome. Another right. tool tip that's very interesting. I don't know if you've seen this, Jess. This is something that uh, Podchaser released. And Podchaser is kind of like the IMDB of podcasters. It is a database. It was acquired by Acast. And so it's not, before it was like sort of agnostic of everything, but now Acast is the owner of this company. So all of the information inside of this can be seen by and used by Acast, I guess. They have access to it. So just giving you that out of the gate. So you know where your data is going. But these podcast alerts, it's a really neat because it's sort of like Google alerts. You know, we all set up a Google alert for ourselves. Uh, you get one alert free in your account and you can have people mentions and trend analysis and news and alerts and brand tracking, everything that is happening inside of podcasts, mm -hmm. inside of podcasts. So if somebody's talking about you or what show it is in their show notes, because it actually gets information from the show notes as well. So this is something that you, if you are curious about or a topic, maybe there's a topic that you're following. Totally understand that. Maybe you're doing some kind of research on a specific thing that you're trying to figure out. This is actually a really great tool. I signed up for it for not just uh, myself, just my name, but I also uh, started using it for Libsyn. Mm. And, but it's a different account, by the way, you have to like it's not the same. Like I don't have it on my own personal account that I'm doing this, but they send you a little list like, and they send you an email with all of the mentions and it's such an amazing way Pretty to awesome. find out. It's really good. So Jess, this is a really good use for like, let's say at some point we build an affiliate program or something along those lines. And we can actually look to see how many people are using that URL inside of their podcast show notes because you can really easily scan it and go like, oh, so-and-so is really sharing the URL or, and you get that directly into your email, which is kind of yeah. neat. I really like Podchaser. It's got really good stuff. They're really able to build a pretty valuable database of podcast RSS feeds and all kinds of really fun things. So nice. that's great. But again, just to give you a disclaimer that they are owned by Acast. So Acast, essentially, I would assume, have access to all of the data, everybody's right. data. That's all yes. I'm saying. First of all, they have access to everything. Yes. They do. They already do. Mm -hmm. I knew that already. Yeah. So I'm just, just saying, just in case. You know, in Podchaser, if you have a pro account, you can look and see how many downloads someone has. doesn't matter where they host. And Podchaser, really? I did not yeah. know that. Oh, yes. I can look up anyone. How do they know the 
I am not sure how they know, but they know. <laughs> they definitely know because I had a I have a pro account and I can see. Even if like at, from anywhere? From anywhere. Name me can a show. Can you find us there? Yeah. Let me see. Uh she yes, That's I can. She podcasts. I even have four followers on here. Let's see. We are on uh, several lists. And where is our show? I'm just looking it up to see what the... You want me to share my... Sc- oh, here it is. So- no, don't share our, your screen. I just want to know if they can see... If you can see stats. Like, I don't care about... Not our stats. Yeah. Like, we have a power score. We have like- a power score of 52. Total monthly listens, 2 to 3K. New episode listens, anywhere from four to 700. 93% female, median age, median income, 85% married. How do get that information? I don't know, but they know. Oh, maybe because I've claimed it. Like I, like I said, yeah, this is my podcast. And then maybe they have the feed. I and they it just, too. That's interesting. I don't know. I really don't know how they know. We're on 16 different lists. It says there are five creators of the show. That's not right. It's because John has been added and I'm sure. No, it's not. It's Sky, Rob Walsh, and Kristen Meinzer, which is weird. They must have heard somehow the word host. Like maybe huh. they're, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's pretty weird, weird. Because I know Sky and Kristen has have been co-hosts, but Rob's never been on the show. Yeah. It also says we have 404 episodes, which we do not. But we may have some Well, we do. We do. I think we might because we have done episodes that don't have a number. Yeah, that's true. Yes, we have. That's very true. But yeah, that's we- a lot more than, but that's like 20 something episodes that are unaccounted for. It's weird, right? It is very weird. It is. But interesting. Anyway. But interesting. Anyway. So if you want some data, you guys can go geek out over that. Yeah. So there's that. I like Podchase. Podchase is a a good service. So in case you guys want some more data, that's always really wonderful for you guys to Mm. see. Mm -hmm. I think the last little bit that I wanted to chop on was this really, and I think that this is something that I'm becoming much more passionate about. And it's mostly because... I'm headed that way. <laughs> Where are you going, Elsie? Where are you going? Okay, so here's the thing. There's an article on, on TechCrunch. It is actually oh. <laughs> about... You're not headed that way. Here's like it's an, here's the title. It's backed by the National Institute on Aging. The A2 Pilot Awards fosters age tech entrepreneurship. And I... Love this because of the fact that these pilot awards, the A2 pilot awards, were created to encourage the development of tech for the elderly funded by the NIA with 40 millions over the next five years. The awards, they they were announced when this article went live and the first cohort of 33 projects selected for funding. The majority use AI, of course, or machine learning tech and 40 percent are led by women, which is very nice. So here's my pitch for this kind of stuff, though. This is a quote directly from this article. Quote, it's a largely uncontested, growing, future-proof market that will have unprecedented opportunities driven by AI. We have... Two big mega trends, AI and the demographics of aging, and it's irrefutable that there is a large, growing, massive, future-proof market that they should focus on, end quote, which I'm all in on because a lot of times nobody's thinking about this 
everybody's thinking about, particularly in podcasting also, I mean, to, to bring all this back into podcasting. Yeah. Everybody's looking at the young. Everybody's looking at what's happening now. Primarily, I think the biggest voices that I've noticed as a trend are the what are what are the ones before us, Jess? We what are we? We're Generation X, so whatever millennials, is yes. that right? Yes, okay. millennials are behind us. Millennials are behind. So it's all very millennial focused. Millennial and like older Gen Z, everything is going that way. Yeah. I mean, unlike you, I'm actually millennial. I'm like five years of like I'm like not on the You're cusp, like, but I'm only five like years. Third. I'm yeah. slightly yeah, I mean like I'm I'm a young generation X. And an, I, and, and an extremely old millennial. <laughs> yeah. And so in, in that respect, it seems like this, especially for podcasters, it's like there are so many of us that got into this industry in our mid 30s. That's yes. when we started. That's exactly That's what's right. happening right now, by the way. There's a lot of folks that are gotten into it right. in late 20s, mid 30s. Yep. And now so old. they're in a specific <clears throat> area. And we have now we haven't aged out. We're actually we have the opportunity as this age to be able to expand podcasting to serve an entire population that's now ready to just get started with it. And I feel that the focus always goes into the new, the fancy, the young, which I think is fine. And I really, I'm a huge proponent of Gen, of Gen Z, mm -hmm. but this gives me hope and I feel, and I want podcasting to also focus more on the elderly, more people going over 65 and older. It is mm -hmm. instrumental for any industry, actually, to really put their eyes out this way, because folks like us are really smart. We are tech savvy. We know how to navigate media. We still need a little bit of help to like, you know, still find the cool stuff here and there. But there's so much potential to be able to not only capitalize on our brains, because we're still super smart, our creativity, our ability to innovate, because we're the only generation that right now understands what was and understands what is only generation. I know because we're in a very unique position. It's true. And so in that respect, bank on people like Jess and I to keep on taking things forward versus just immediately dismissing. Cause it's like that, that middle of the thing, like the cusp of both is like, it's so powerful to be able to do that. I know. I kind of love it because up until now, generation X has been kind of useless. <laughs> yeah. You have to admit, like we're not particularly, we're on the cusp of something good. I think because we remember when there was no tech, like millennials don't. We remember when and Gen when, Z's even even less so, right? It's like everything is so. Gen Z was born with an iPad. I mean, like they were born with an iPad in their hands, practically. Totally. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. We're very lucky that we can probably um, predict what kind of stuff old people will need because we remember when we had nothing and how fucking inconvenient it was. So now that we can remember that, we can be like, okay, what was the what were what are the biggest problems for them right now that they can't do that we can do? Like we all know. Ask your parents. I mean, I don't know what kind of tech they're. I mean, they, there's been a lot of tech that's been introduced that's fairly easy to use that they won't touch just because because it's scary. You know what I mean? And look, we have zestful aging is in the house. Hi! Zestful hey! aging is all about that. So. I do feel that like this entire demographic right here, the zestful aging type of folks, everybody that is moving forward. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. 
Check out the that podcast. The potential for this is amazing. And just the fact that there's 40 million going into tech like this is just so eye open and so wonderful. And yes, we remember the before times, says Andrea. Andrea's like, yeah. She said, my high school students once tried and failed to dial a rotary phone at a museum. That's adorable. Oh, my God. That's adorable. I mean, I would have failed too because I, I remember failing anyway. Because I remember like you had to like go all the way around. And if you don't go all the way around, it doesn't. Yeah. You got to do go it. all the way around. You yeah. know, I'll never forget. This is even the opposite. But like, you know, Isaac, we used to have a, an iPhone for him in his room when he was sleeping because we would play you know, whooshing noises for him to sleep. And then it turned into little touch apps that would read him like Goodnight Moon and stuff like that. So then years later, the first time we were like, here's an old Google Chromebook that no one's using if you want to have a computer. And he starts touching the goddamn monitor. Yeah, I was going to say that. No, no, there's a keyboard. There's a mouse. Wait, don't touch it. You know, because he starts poking it like it's going to do something. It's hilarious. Like, anyway, I don't know. It's just the opposite, right? Like, we just it's don't. It's not necessarily something that we know for sure, but it seems like Apple is considering creating a touchscreen Mac. It's a rumor. That's it's not cool. for real. I, it is. I've heard that rumor as well. And mind you, because Steve Jobs was completely 100% against it. But I think that we've now gotten to a place culturally that it's now become an expectation to interact with the screen. So being able to not only use your keyboard, but also reach forward. I mean, I know, have you reached into your MacBook Air or MacBook Pro or whatever when you have your thing on your lap and messed up sometime and tried to move it with your hand? I've done that. Never. I've never done that. I totally have done it. I went going... I've tried to touch the screen a couple of times where I just want to, you know when it is when I'm doing editing or when I'm listening to audio, because the way that I move my, this thing, I forgot what it's mm-hmm. called. The magic track. Uh, yeah. Pad, yeah, ma- yeah. You like magic. open it up and to close it up with your fingers. And so when I do that with a Mac, like sometimes I just want to But I can do that the- on my, pa- on my MacBook pro though. I do that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm. But when I do that, I also do that on the screen. Like if you it's do? on there, no, like I, I never do. I've touched it. Before. I don't touch that screen, I, girl. I, have I do not touch screen. that screen. I have no touched way. the screen. That's interesting. The other day, though, Jess, I was looking at a a tiny. It was like a piece of paper, and it was really small. It was a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make it big. Like I literally was like, I almost was like going to go. Neak. Like just to make you may want to look into your senility. You are getting old. I am getting old, but but the behavior, but the behavior is there now. We want to be able to interact with it with our hands and and move things around super easy. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel the same. We've been watching a lot of Star Trek lately, and I'll tell you what: the mo- like every once in a while, we will rewatch a series like Voyager or Deep Space Nine, whatever. And right now we're in Voyager. And I can't tell you how much technology they have that we have. Like when they get it, when they're getting letters from their family, they're on little iPads. I mean, like, I I just wonder if Steve Jobs was a Star Trek fan because (laughs) so much of what they do, we have now that we can do. The only thing that, that they have that doesn't, will never exist is like a tricorder. It's like they're like, like they take like a, like a something and no matter what they put it up to, they can be like, oh, yeah, this is bicarbonate malloxide or whatever. And this is, oh, this has a lot of neutrions or 
like we'll never have anything like that. I don't think. I mean, we do. Our phones can now identify every rock and tree in your yard. This is I know true. that. This is true. Yeah, that's pretty yes, cool. Yes. Um, so maybe we will have that one day. Who knows? But yeah, I just think it's an it's an amazing predictor of like what kind. Of, anyway, so if you want to know what's going to happen in the future, start watching Star Trek. I recommend it like right, right now. now. Then the or or start listening to um, our podcast from years back. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that can be the title of our show, Melissa. It will be Jess and Elsie's Crystal Ball. How about that? That's a good title. I think we have something like that already. I mean, go for I'm it. I'm sure go we do, it, Melissa. Because we keep like- on telling the future. <laughs> I'm oh sure God, we it's do. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm sure we do. All right, folks. I think we did it. I think we finished. Mm, we did it. We did okay. It. You guys. Oh, there is one more thing I need to say. If you are listening to this and you have listened all the way through and it's Friday, then you should know that we have made an enormous announcement on Friday, Friday morning. And you're going to want to go. I have no I can't tell you the website now because we have people that are listening live. But yeah, go to our website if it's Friday and check out what we just announced because it's amazing and incredible. We want all of you to be a part of it. and You're not going to want to miss it. It's very exciting. Right. It's industry groundbreaking. Yee! Okay. Yee! That said, thank you, everyone. Thank you so much <laughs> for listening to She Podcast episode 387. If you want to find any of the links and articles that we talked about, you can go to ShePodcast.com and you can find our show notes there. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Pinterest. I feel like those are the ones. Maybe not so much on I mean, yeah, I guess we are still kind of on Twitter. I don't know. If they if they go down, we'll let you know. But anyway, follow us on all those places. Sign up for our email, shepodcast.com slash join the community. And we will see you next week. If you want to watch us live, it's Mondays at 1 p.m. EST on our YouTube. Oh, yeah, we're on YouTube. I knew I forgot one. On YouTube, on our Facebook group, um, and LinkedIn. I forgot that one, too. Oh, Gaval. All right. Goodbye. I'm hanging up now. Okay. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> Bye. Love you. Mean it. Bye.